right, hey crew, back on the Lufet Podcast, Training Education, featuring Max McCall. Alright everyone, so I'm, uh, just give you a quick intro, so I'm Max McCall, so I basically train um, strongmen and powerlifters, predominantly strongmen, and I've coached um, two world's strongest men in the under 90 kilo division, so one of them actually won last weekend, and I've coached five world records in strongmen, a lot of national champs in various countries as well, so um and competed it myself, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Let's um, get any questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. All right. So first thing we have from Zach was he wanted to ask about recomp. So the, it was kind of a big question. So I'll just throw it over to Zach. Yeah. If you kind of um, we'll kind of break that down. Where do you want to start with that covering recomp so, stuff? So I suppose basically like I understand what body recomp is, but I was yep. just wondering, I guess how it works, and um, especially is it more possible for more experienced athletes, because obviously I know when you're quite new in training and everything, yep. you respond quite well, yep. and you can obviously build some muscle and lose a bit of fat at the same time, but yep. as you get more experienced, I've, in my experience, anyway, I've found that it is difficult to, I suppose, do those at the same time, I guess. Um, and yeah, I was just wondering, yeah, how it works and sort of your experience with that, and yeah, if it is possible for those more experienced athletes as well to do. Yeah, so, so um, yeah, really good question. So recomp, or well, define what it means first. So for me, recomp is basically, you know, losing fat, gaining muscle simultaneously. Yeah. Um, so, so um, and it, we're going to kind of define, like, the extent. So you're not going to see someone go from super, super fat, gain a whole bunch of muscle and get to, like, 5% body fat. Yeah. But what you can do is, um, let's say, go from... Uh, over a long period of time, 20% down to maybe like 10% for a guy, maybe like 12, 15 for a girl, and um, gain muscle along that way. Yeah, um, okay. And I actually find it tends to work better with more advanced people because your diet has to be so on point and your training has to be so on point to actually facilitate that process. Yeah, okay. It's quite a, um, it's not that difficult, but it's, um, there's a few things going on with the process. So I, in actual fact, I'd say it's it works better for more advanced people. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so I'll kind of break, break down um, how it works. So first of all, um, if we just kind of look at all the macronutrients, so we've got protein, carbs, fat. So the first one, if we're going to recomp, so we want to obviously maximize muscle growth, we're going to have to cover protein first. So when I was um, studying my sports science degree at uni, they were like, you know, 1.5 grams per ki- uh, kilogram of body weight is all you need. Um, in my experience, to really get like a crazy recomp, you're gonna have to need minimum three grams per kilogram of body weight. Yeah. So like, um, what do you weigh, Zach? I'm about 85 at the yeah, moment. Yeah, 85, so yeah, 85 times three, so that'd, that'd be like a starting point. And then yeah. you can actually go... Does that change for females? Uh, no, no, you'd still still be the same. Yeah, so just be, um, so what's your body weight, Tara? 65. 65, so we're 60, um, you know, 180, so um, yeah, like 195 grams. So I mean, just which is a lot. Yeah. yeah. So basically, we'll probably round up to 200, and then that that's actually the starting point. Mm. So then, you can actually go as high as I mean, you can go four times. I've done over four. The high, I wouldn't see the point of going over like five. Uh, that'd be like really pushing it. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you're eating like a f- full full time, like um. Uh, but it's also like how aggressive do you want to recomp. So protein is obviously the building block of muscle. So if you really wanted to, um, like for example, when I was trying to get from, say, uh, 115, um, trying to push my body weight up to like 120, I was eating like 475 grams of protein, which was um, yeah. 
a lot, and that was like well over. Th- there was like three point. I can't remember exactly three point five plus, maybe like three point eight. So there was a lot. Now um, I'm only having like a f- uh, four ten, and I'm about one hundred twenty three kilos. Yeah. So yeah, you get it, that much protein in. How do I get that much protein? In? Yeah. Um, well, it, it mixed up, but like I normally have like one of those full chobanis for breakfast, so it's like yeah. seventy five grams of protein in that, <laughs> and then um, I'll do like maybe two meat meals. Yeah. like 400 grams so like uh, 400 grams of turkey is like um you know about oh, it was almost 100 grams of protein yeah okay and then so a few meals like that maybe like 400 grams of kangaroo and then maybe a shake yeah yeah but i'll, I'll, I'll mix it up and like it, it, it took a long time to build up to the point where that was easy yeah yeah I, and, and there was plenty of time that did, didn't hit the target but i just kept on kept trying on. to uh, adapt to that process but um and once you've done once you've done like 500 grams a day it's pretty easy to do 400 yeah, okay, um, yeah. But yeah, it's more like, like a, so you kind of, um, you want to base your protein off your goal body weight, not your current body weight. So yeah. um, like say I wanted to get to like 130, I'd do that formula based off 130 rather than my current body weight. Okay. So you want to eat for the person that you want to become rather than who you are now. If you try, like this is purely in terms of if you're trying to do a really extreme recomp. Yeah, okay. So um, now that amount of protein, there might be like a diminishing returns where you're not getting that much more growth, but proteins, um, is, do you guys know what the thermic effect of food is? Yeah. Yep. So obviously it takes more energy to process the protein than burn it. So you yeah. can actually lose more body fat overeating protein. So that does actually help facilitate that recomp process, like almost yeah. o- overdoing the protein. Um, all right, so that's protein. Then cover fats quickly. So fats... If we're trying to recomp, so basically, we're trying to, you know, it's, it's two like completely different goals in a way. We're trying to, you know, maximize muscle mass and minimize body fat. So, minimizing body fat, you need a calorie deficit. Maximizing muscle mass, you need a surplus. So, we're going to almost, we're almost trying to eat as few calories as possible in, in a way. So, we've got to only eat the calories that are going to facilitate muscle growth. So, the way we do that is um, keeping the fat super low. So, that'll be like, um, uh, a good starting point is maybe like 0.3 grams per kilogram of body weight. Um, so that'll be like somewhere, you know, 25 grams to 50 grams a day, which is really, really low. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, make up the rest of your calories from carbs. Yeah. So what that'll mean is, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot harder to store carbs as body fat. It can still be done, but it's a little bit, bit of a, like a sorry, longer chemical process. Whereas fats, if you eat fats and carbs together, fats can be very easily stored as body fat. So we want to keep the fat absolutely minimal, just enough to survive, basically. Um, which, you know, you survive off 15, 20 grams. We go a little bit more just to be safe, so we're not, not dying, not feeling <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Our brains are still working. Um, and then from there, you go into like a carb cycle. So, quick question, yeah. just for people listening, but like, what's the benefit of having fats at all? Like, just for having it, so, I mean, so, so for fats, re- well, I mean, you know, like almost every cell in your body has got a fatty membrane in it. So you need you need fats to survive, yeah. and they're really important for a lot of hormonal processes. Um, you know, your brain um, is uh, full of fat, full of cholesterol, so you need it for brain functioning. So fat's definitely really important. Also, there's a lot of really important fat-soluble nutrients that you can only get from eating fat. So stuff like vitamin A, vitamin K, vitamin D. You have to eat fats to um, absorb them properly, or, or get them from a dietary source. So yeah, yeah definitely important. Um, so we want the carb cycle. This is, this is basically how it's um, sort of happens. So let's say. Um, 
Uh, how, like, um, use, use an example, Tara. How many calories do you eat a day? 2,000. 2,000, okay. Mm. And that, that's a, for like a bulk, mm-hmm. so you're in a surplus then. Yeah. So the, the, this this is just um, like purely, because I've actually got a spreadsheet that um, calculates it, mm. but we'll just, this is, oh, that pen doesn't work. Oh, and the pen doesn't work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you use uh, the one on the end of the red, there's a black one, that black one that works one. well, yeah. All right, so um, th- th- this is just some, just to illustrate the point, because mm. you'll actually have to work out the actual calories. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I'm basically just going to write up how the week would look. So basically how you'd start initially is we do a deficit for four, basically four or five days and then we overeat for two, um, two days. So that th- these numbers aren't completely correct but this is just a, an, an example. So we might do 1500 Monday to Friday, and then we have two days where we're overeating. Um, so the whole and the whole and then we, we've got protein um, at you know roughly that two hundred number that we figured out. Okay, fats um, for girls we go a little bit higher, so we probably start at fifty. Why girls higher? Uh, so, but generally, um, just hormonal functioning seems they seem a little, a little bit more fat. And actually, women are actually better at oxidizing fat than men, so they. Um, burn more calories and fat rest, so you can go, go higher with fats as well. Okay. Um, so, and the rest would be carbs. So basically, um, uh, sorry, so 65 kilos, let's say. Mm. Okay, so let's just say at the start of the week, Tara is 65. Okay, by Friday, she's, uh, you, you know, you're like, um, you, you know, obviously train hard, so you've gone through your, your glycogen stores. You might be down, let's say, to 63 kilos, for example, okay? And then um, you eat up again, and then you start back at 65. Mm-hmm. And depending, you know, we can um, kind of prioritize. So this would be sort of prioritize a bit more leanness because we're really trying to get a big body weight drop. And then you, you might actually be like, lose a little bit of weight, even after you refeed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, we could do, for, if we did say like four and three, that might be a little bit more growth. So you, you, you can adjust like uh, whether you're you know, pushing more leanness or pushing more growth, but it's still, still both happening within the, within the whole week. So let's, you know, let's say so she's 63 here, goes back to 65, but what you'll find is because, um, so you're, you're burning fat here, and then all of this is gonna get um, uptaken as glycogen because you're so depleted, and you'll actually be a little bit leaner than you were the previous week at the same body weight. And if you rinse and repeat over time, you're gonna start looking better and better every week. And then obviously um, <clears throat> along the way you're adjusting. So let, let's say um, you know, if you're leaning up like really well and you're like, okay, let's get some more muscle mass, you might throw in like another high day. So we might go here, for, exa- for example. So just these constant little adjustments along the way. But basically, you, you, we're looking at the diet in terms of full week to recomp, rather than if we just do one day, we can only you know, achieve either fat loss or muscle gain. Mm-hmm. But if we want to do both, we want to look at it through the entire week. Um, but the, the big key for this to happen, to, to recomp this and make this like a leaner, more muscular body weight, is to really push your um, training. So that's um, basically getting stronger. But if you eat with, uh, with this diet, 
once you start getting in the hang of it and you're really pushing the carbs on the high days, those first few sessions, you're going to be hitting some pretty big PBs. And then the, those um, you know, new PBs and like um, more work capacity is more muscle mass. And then you eat more carbohydrates. So it ends up feeding on itself. And then you start getting, you know, the process really sort of kicks off. So yeah, yeah, and just for that, um, for the refeed, yeah, do you have to um, have the refeed days consecutively, or can you scatter them out during the week? Yeah, I was, so that's actually a really good point. So um, I, I used to yeah do, do a carb cycle um like that where you do it on training days. Yeah, like and I was then ask about how you do. Yeah, training. yeah, yeah. So, so um, yeah, that you're really question. And then when I so I sort of started with a carb cycle, and then I met um Quentin who. Um, so we a lot with nutrition and basic taught me this kind of recon stuff and he was like no from a um, scientific perspective it actually makes sense to do them back to back so the reason yeah. is it takes a little while for your metabolism to switch on so if you overeat for one day you're not going to get much of an upregulation in your metabolism but if you overeat for two or three days your body's going to start increasing metabolism and then it takes a few days to catch back up. So let's say... I'd um, much rather do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Working out as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the other thing, so, so, so with this kind of diet, you can fit it around your lifestyle. So some people, um, yeah, so you can have a bit more freedom on the weekends, mm. eat a bit more food. And then um, once you're getting the hang of it, getting leaner, you can start, you know, even if something cut like a... You know, comes up as a bit higher fat, like some kind of social thing. You can kind of fit it into those calories because you just mm. so it's yeah. a little bit more. You know, not every week if you're really trying to, but you, yeah, you've got a little bit more flexibility because you're you know depleted here, so you can absorb all these nutrients rather than getting stored yeah. in body fat. Um, anyway, but it, so but basically, what's, let's say um, so metabolism is ramps up here, and then it's actually going to keep. Um, hot, it's going to take a while to figure out that you're only eating fifteen hundred calories. So for these few days here, you're going to burn more body fat than you would otherwise. So yeah. Whereas if we did it, let's say we just did your training days, um, it's not going to have enough um, time to you know, really switch on that switch and then get that extra fat burning effect. Yeah. Um, what I've actually found with um, myself is it gets to the point where I'm eating so much food on the high days I actually can't train properly on those days because I'm eating like 1,200 grams of carbs, like 7,000 calories. <laughs> so so I'll, what I'll actually have to do is uh, I'll have to mod modify it a little bit when I'm like peaking for a comp and basically my rest days are my high days. Yeah, high days but yeah. then at, at that point, I'm not, it's not an optimal recomp. You're just trying to fuel the, the training. And then yeah. when I go back to more of a base thing and I don't know if the lift is heavy and really brace the core, I can space it out a bit more and probably... Um, you know, uh, like prioritize body comp a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd want to refeed like after your training week, essentially, if you have. Uh, no, no. So I, I would. Um, I'd basically. Well, what, what you can actually, what you actually do is you want to have. So you've still got a fair bit of carbs in these days. Yeah. Okay. So it should be enough to get you through your training. So you might be fading a little bit. Towards you know, end. towards the end, mm -hmm. but. Um, you should still be able to push through. So, yeah. it, it, and if it was really a problem, you could, you know, swap around weeks. So your stronger body parts are at the end of the week, yeah. if, or like the end of your low days. Um, but it's it's not generally a problem because you're eating quite yeah. a bit of carbs, even on the low days. On those, um, low days yeah. But it depends depends on the person. Um, so, like for me, I'm like pretty resistant to losing fat. Um, like and like so we, we, for, for my recomp to work, I had to go really extreme. So like my low days were like. Um, 3,000 calories, my highs were like 7,000. 
So, and I was like, so it's like two, 250 carbs versus 1200 carbs. Mm. So for that to work, I had to, I couldn't even do a week because if it were a week, I'd like fade after like three or four days. So I'd have to do three low, three high and rotate yeah. through. But that's like a little bit extreme because yes. yeah. at that point you're, um, uh, you know, schedules all over the shop. So for, for vast majority of people, you've got to keep it to set days of the week. Yeah. So it's consistent. Cool. Yeah. Good. Um, and I had one more question about this is just about the about the high protein intake. Yeah. Does um because I know that you hear how you can only absorb so much protein in like a sitting. Yeah. So is that essentially is there more to that than? Um. Than yeah. What it's, it's completely false. Yeah. False. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. okay. I've seen. I'm, I mean, and like I mean, I, I got taught that same thing. Like we got drummed into us in uni that um 1.5 to 1.8 grams absolute maximum protein intake. And just like personal results, results of clients, are people that push uh, the extra protein, they get way faster progress in yeah. terms of, especially in terms of body recomp, but also in terms of muscle growth. Yeah. Yeah. Because they say, yeah. I've heard how like, you can't absorb more than like 30 grams in one sitting. No, I mean, the, 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 that's actually been proven to be false. Like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I've always thought, because you see yeah. like, you know, bodybuilders yeah. who are the, have like, the most muscle mass, they're eating high, high, um, End of like protein, so it's like, yeah, but but I mean, also, like, uh, I mean, uh, I never understood because it's like at one, like, one sitting because you know, your body's digesting food for hours, yeah, it's not just it can be like up to six hours, so like, it's gonna, you know, uh, enter the amino acid pool and get processed over a long period of time, so yeah, you know, it'll it'll get absorbed, yeah, and everyone must digest it so differently as well, yeah, absorb it, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, like any time there's like an arbitrary figure like that, it's like someone saying, you know, you can only do um, ten sets per workout. Yeah. It's just, it, it's just like an average that's being thrown out. But, the, but it's it's like saying, I mean, it, it's a ridiculous saying that everyone, every man is, um, you know, six feet tall, or whatever, or whatever the average height is, because there's a, there's a there's a genetic range. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, any kind of. I'm always skeptical when someone gives like a hard and fast rule like that, mm. and yeah. that that one's definitely too low because you, know, you can't tell me that like a a 50 kilo girl you know processes the same amount of protein as sitting exactly. as like a 140 kilo man, for example. Yeah, mm. yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah, that's good. What about um, any effects on like kidneys, brain protein that high? Um, so, but proteins are to totally fine, and this has been proven um, if you've got healthy kidneys. So the only so one, I mean one yeah, if you've got a, a actual medical kidney issue, then you wouldn't want to push the protein as high. So there's a really interesting um, uh, this guy followed on Instagram, Andy Bolton, who had the deadlift world record at one point, and he had a kidney kidney cancer kidney transplant. So he's going to be very careful with his kidneys, and he has to keep his protein really, really low. So that's uh, that's that was, uh, that's pretty interesting. So he's, there's a few like tweaks he had to do to his sort of training and stuff, and then like even like his, he has to keep his overall calories quite low. Um, it, it's really, really interesting if you've got um, like had a kidney transplant or kidney issues, you're um, you actually your diet is is quite strange because you can't because um, you've got su such like issues processing stuff. Um, you've got to eat a lot of foods like really sort of plain foods and um, yeah, it's pretty interesting mm -hmm. if you if you want to read off. Same if you've only got one kidney. Yeah, it would be. I, I'd imagine so. You want to be a bit more be more careful. Yeah, but uh, I mean, vast majority of people, it's you can really find to push the protein. And the thing is. Um, you know, the, it, you know, you're not gonna, you're probably not gonna do this like year round. Like, you don't need to have four times your body weight in protein year round because yeah. mm -hmm. you can maintain on a lot less. So this is purely if you're like, 
recomping from this point as I want to do as fast as possible this is what um, you would do yeah um, but it's like yeah, you know there's, I mean, there's no way like I'm getting 500 grams of protein every day for a year yeah. um, you know it's going to get um, <laughs> that's, that's a lot of turkeys we're going to get old pretty quickly yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then one other thing I had is your calories for a recomp is that going to be around maintenance or uh, so generally um, I like to like start at uh, increase 5-10% Yes, yeah, so, so because you've got the higher protein, you get that thermic effect of food, so you're going to be yeah. low, and you've got the really low fat, and then you really, um, if you're coaching someone from this perspective, you really push their weights down, their program, so everything's getting stronger, and then they'll actually, you know, they're going to gain muscle mass from it, so they'll be able to, um, yeah, you know, uh, handle more calories. So yeah. th- th- that's actually the goal is ideally to, over time, like if they're getting lean and responding, to actually build up their calories. Yeah. But like it, it, it totally depends on the person. Like you know, sometimes um, you know someone might not be able to push themselves hard enough in the gym, or um, you know they hit a plateau or they, or they got injured. Then obviously the recomp stuff you really need to be healthy and able to increase your lifts in every single body part at the same time because you've got to put a lot of muscle mass on to actually facilitate the process. So you know um, if it's not working, you, you could just transition into a cut pretty easily yeah. and you can still do the high and low days they get that psychological benefit and they keep their performance up a bit better as well yeah yeah cool so that, uh, any more questions on recall no, well, yeah. that was really good yeah, yeah cool uh, alright so the next one um, I about rep range is Zach so yeah. yeah so it's just about like I suppose um, training intensities as well as like rep ranges for strength and then sort of like is it important to be training at high intensities all the time or do you want to sort of build up to a higher intensity um i guess from that perspective where do you sort of sit with um yes so um i'd say the majority of time you want to be building the base so you you want to be doing um you know, find a rep range which um, physically and psychologically you can recover from. You're not, you know, joints aren't beat up, mentally you're not beat up, and spend most of the time increasing your strength in that rep range. And then when you get closer to a comp, that's when you're going to do your, your heavy stuff. Yeah. And depending on how advanced you are, and especially like how much muscle mass and body weight you've got, will be determine the length of how long you do your heavy lifts. So if someone's like, um, you know, meal cash size, you might, you, if you really would want to do like a proper peak, would you do like, you know, once or twice a year, it'd be like eight weeks of going heavy, but properly like adjusting the intensities. Yeah. 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 Along the way. Because it, yeah, it, like, it would take that long to actually get used to the, the heavy weights. Whereas most people, you know, a month would be, you know, two to four weeks would be plenty to fully, you know, get all the neural pathways firing everything to maximize their strength. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then I suppose, yeah, from there, how frequently do you, or is it just dependent on like how often you would try like a peak or something during the year? Would it just be depend um, on? D- depends on the sport. So the like, sport, like, yeah. like um, strongman's a bit different because they'll be, sometimes the comp be announced with like really short notice and there'll be like comps like back to back. So it's a little bit, a little bit different, but um, ideally I'd say once or twice a year to do like a full peak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's going to take, I mean, that's already four months out of the year just to peak towards that. So you've got to spend most of that time just building the base. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, like, um, you know, if you look at um, a lot of Olympic sports, they'll have, like, a, they'll think of uh, training in an Olympiad cycle, so they'll only peak once in four years. Four years. Yeah. yeah, so they'll do, um, <laughs> they'll do some sort of mini peaks along the way, but, like, the, the full peak where they're fully recovered, fully rested, once every four years. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, you wow. know, it, it, it's, it's it, discipline yeah, yeah. So, so it's good enough for them to actually spend that long just building the foundation. Then, um, I think you know, once twice a year is probably heaps. Yeah, cool. yeah. And then I suppose from there going off at the peak, how would you build up to the peak? Whether it would be like rep ranges, um, intensities. I suppose from like. Uh, like, so like, what, what sport are we doing? Maybe powerlifting. Maybe powerlifting. Yeah. Uh, like, or just like in general? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, like, what would you do before the peak or how would the peak look? I suppose like maybe, probably like the three months leading up and then like the peak itself or so. Uh, and like what, um, what kind of athlete are you talking about? Just powerlifting. No, but like, like what, what body weight, what class, what like Oh, this? um, <laughs> go like... Zach. Yeah, yes. just, <laughs> yeah, go like maybe like 90 kilos. Yep. Um, Male, like, like, well, a bit like, I mean, not a kilo male. Like, what, what are they lifting? Because if they're squatting three hundred, oh, okay, yeah, um, you know, hundred. It's gonna squatting be like two hundred, benching maybe one hundred forty, deadlifting two twenty. Yeah, okay. So, um, I what would that like a three month block look like? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> so, yep, yeah, okay. So at that, um, that level, probably what what you do. So you that first month would basically be like almost hypertrophy in a sense, where I'd maybe look at like building your um, even your yeah, it's anywhere from like a six to a ten rep max. Yeah. So I I plan it out so you're doing lots of accessories, um, strengthening all your weak points, really um, you know, like analyzing all your, you know. Just trying to bring up every sort of um, muscle group so you you balanced, and then try hit some like maybe some PBs on like all your lifts, but in like a, a six or ten rep range. Yeah. Okay. And then that gives you sort of two months, and then I probably do like a strength block where you're doing uh, lots of um, basically maybe like peak to like a six rep max, and then at that at that kind of strength level and that body weight, I really like high frequency. So the last month you're probably training three, four days a week doing every lift, every session, but you change the intensities up. Yeah, okay. And then you do a big deload before the comp and yeah. sort of super compensate and hit some big lifts. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I suppose for like that last month, those with that high frequency, mm. would you just um, <clears throat> go like higher intensity on one day or just be like you're doing a high intensity lift and then lower intensity lifts after that? like? Uh, no, so that I do like um, squat bench dead every day. Yeah, yeah, and, but but like you do maybe heavy, medium, light, and rotate them all. So every okay. day you're doing a different one, but you're hitting every lift four days a week because it, so at that strength level you still you're going to be able to recover from a lot of work. Yeah. So you, it'll and by that third you know third week you're going to be feeling pretty beat up and sore. Yeah. But then big <clears throat> deload into comp and then you're going to hit some huge PBs. Yeah. From that, um, so basically you have like one day where you're doing like a single maybe like one day there might be like fives and then one day maybe even like um, probably like sixes on squats and deads maybe even like eight to ten on bench just to get a bit more hypertrophy in yeah because okay. um, that's always going to be like for beginners that's always going to be a um, looming factor is like just how much size you've got in the upper body is going to drive your bench press so yeah. I keep a little bit of hypertrophy work in like at that point it wouldn't be to you know be quite easy like it might be like 100 three by you know three by eight or something something yeah. pretty easy just to um keep some 
a size in there, so you maintain that through the peak. Yep, okay, um, cool. But then, so the, yeah, it, it basically it totally depends on the athlete. So the stronger and bigger someone is, the less work they can handle and the longer they, the peak they need. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll have, you know, have so, I have some people I train that, you know, are squatting, benching and deadlifting every day and some people are doing it once a week. So, and it just it depends on the person completely. Yeah. Yeah. Have a question on that. If yep. you've got like a dead set beginner, yeah, uh, and you want them to, or they they have a goal of hitting, you know, a uh, strength goal might be like, so for example, female, I want to hit a hundred kilo squat or deadlift. Yep. Um, how far out would you build up for them to peak? Uh, oh, as in, uh, say average six kilo female. Well, what do you mean? Like, as what do you mean? As in terms of like, so they want to hit that yeah, number. Yep. Yep, and they might be like, you know. 80 kilos on this squat now or deadlift. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, how would you build them up to build that peak? Would you do a similar type phase? Yeah, yeah, I, I do a bit pretty similar to what I was saying with Zach where, um, and actually, uh, so a I mean, girl could lift that much, you could, you could even push the volume a little bit higher, especially in those um, early stages. Like even, I mean, like I've, I've had uh, people come to me um, where I'm like, uh, you know, they just, I can see they haven't got much of a base, so we even get them doing like, even a 10 by 10, sort of three months out just to get some a foundation and that that so won't actually 10 by 10 like 10 sets of 10 oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but like that'll be months and months out just yeah. to get um a base mm. because um you need hundreds and hundreds of reps to get strong so we may as well um, get the hours up yeah just get the yeah. hours up basically yeah, okay. and then um and then that's going to build a lot of size in the legs and then yeah so you probably do uh, like a really high volume hypertrophy block the first month and then another block just to get them used to heavy weights and maybe um build them build the frequency up and then for someone of that strength level i'd see how high you push the frequency so i'd, I'd see if they can handle three four days a week and um, if they're really if they're just focused on the squat you can potentially cut back on some of the other stuff and have that on maintenance once a week but it, it, like it all, it all depends on the person like i've got i've got a few clients where um I know that if I have them benching three or four days a week, they'd get better results. But they upset. They want to, you know, get a pump from the gym and these other things. So they've got to, um, got to kind of yeah. work with them. And, yeah, yeah. So, Give them a little bit of what they want and mainly what they need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, especially especially for powerlifting, like it gets training's going to be very repetitive. Mm. You're going to be um, hitting the same lifts all the time. Yeah. Again and again and again. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Perfecting your craft. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Um, mm -hmm. Any questions? Um, I think that sort of answers everything for that. Yeah, that was pretty, yeah. Yeah. pretty good. Yes, I, I, I'm, I'm to talk, talk a bit more about like how we um, prioritise those peaks and like, so depending on the person. So it, it's, it's essentially just dependent on body weight. So recovery is dependent on body weight and how much you're lifting, but it's not how much you're lifting in terms of your relative strength. So relative strength is like how many times body weight you're lifting. Um, it's recovery in terms of absolute strength, so the, ab the actual weight on the bar. Yeah. So what I mean by that, so let's say um, there's a, a 50 kilo man squatting 150 kilos. 150 isn't actually that heavy, so he could 
easily squat, you know, almost every day and recover if you plan it correctly. So it's three times body weight, but it's not relatively heavy and weighs a total kilo. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so the, it, it's pretty interesting how that how that works. But, but then let's say someone's squatting three hundred, they're probably only be going to be squatting, um, you know, once or twice a week. Yeah. Yeah. But dep- depends on the person. Like there was um, the first guy coach, Naru, one world's strongest man under ninety kilos in twenty nineteen. Um, he was squatting three four days a week when he actually yeah, four days a week when he hit a three hundred kilo squat at ninety kilos. And then and he did and he did a, he did a two um, it was like a two twenty five kilo front squat and he was front squatting four days a week, along with heavy deadlifts, pressing multiple times a week, all the strongman events. Yeah. And so every, 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 everyone's different. You know, yeah. How much they can recover from, but yeah. In general, it would be um, the heavier and stronger someone is, the less work they need. So yeah. like I've had um, and. and yeah, like I've had um, you know some some girls that only deadlift once a week, you know, because they get hit um, well they two hundred, so they train deadlift once a week, yeah. and then I've had um, you know some guys who can deadlift four days a week. So just totally totally depends on the person, yeah, and, all, and like you know their lifestyle, so and that kind of thing. So it's just it's just the role of coach just to make those little adjustments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. When you say lifestyle. Lifestyle. Um, oh, in terms of like what their what's their work like? If they've got a supportive partner, what their nutrition is like, what their sleep's like. Um, yeah, so, so, like um, I've had I- I- everyone who's basically everyone, everyone like who's a ch- yeah achieved like a world title. They've almost always got a really cruisy job, and they've got always got a supportive partner. They've always got a good gym crew around them. So, whereas um, like you know, I've trained. Um, you know, a guy who gets up at four a.m. every day to and or three thirty trains at four a.m. His recovery was way less than you'd expect for someone of his body weight and strength because, yeah. you know, stress, stress sleep, you know, kids, you know, that kind of thing. So, and and, and it can you know, it can change dramatically depending on what's happening in your life. So, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think that. Well, that's yeah. That probably answered it all. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of a lot of sense now. And um, yeah, it's something that I probably never would have really looked at before, particularly the high frequency. Yep. Um, so with the high frequency, is that basically just just to keep reinforcing like the movements? Like um, the, the yeah, yeah, kind of. So um, oh, I, I mean, it's like anything. The, the more you do it, the more you can get. You know, the better you get, the faster yeah. you're going to make progress. Yeah. So you're going to have more opportunities to dial in your technique. And then you're um, stimulating muscle growth, you know, muscle growth synthesis more often during the week. So you accumulate, you know, someone who trains, you know, it's like you see people who only train chest every single day and they often have a pretty good bench press because they're just yeah. stimulating muscle growth synthesis, stimulating growth day in, day out um, in that body part and you end up getting a really good result. Um, so basically, uh, if you want to get someone as strong as fast as possible, you want them hitting a lift as often as possible. Yeah. So, and and yeah, I, I mean, uh, I used to like only really do that with like uh, pressing, like bench press and squat. And now, um, this year, really figure out, well, learned from um, this coach in the UK, Josh Lancaster, how to actually implement that with deadlifts. So a lot of people think deadlifts you can only do once a week, but I have found uh, if you program it correctly, you can actually build up doing it. Well, you can even do it daily if you really want to. But yeah, yeah. generally three, four days a week's plenty. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like my, my little brother did that, and um, he he'll probably go. He's like he'd like two twenty to study. He'll probably he's due to hit like two sixty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, really really fast progress if you can um, you know withstand it because it's like you know psychologically and um, yeah, mentally fatiguing. Yeah. You know, deadlifting every every, every day, day, every train day. Yeah. Yeah. Become like a chore at that point. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, that frequently. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it's like that. Um, yeah, there's that famous like Smolov program. You know, people do like put 10, 15 kilos in a squat in a month. Pretty much that's where it kind of started. I was like, wow, this. You know, because I, I do that do that program, and the first time I went from you know, um, let's say like 105 to like 120. You know, well, I think it was like 120 to 137 in a month. And I was like, wow, this is a really on. You know, th- this actually really works. It's high yeah. frequency stuff. And then started started using it because it just really dulls in all the, those neural characteristics and really dull in your technique. Um, so yeah, definitely that that's the fastest way to get strong. You've just so long as you're recovering from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I suppose from that high frequency, yep. is there how many sort of I mean, can't put a number, but is there a, a limit on how many lifts you could improve in that time? Like if you really want to up your squat, you're going to have to sort of focus on that. Like if you're a powerlifter, if you want to up that squat, and then um. So, like, your deadlift and bench would have to sort of suffer a little bit in a way, or um, do you t- think you can sort of maintain? Totally depends on the person. Yeah. So, uh, and how advanced you are. So, if you're really advanced, um, yeah, you're not going to be able to recover from um, doing every lift every single day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it totally depends on the, on the person. Like, um, like when my brother was doing, like, built the four hours a week deadlift, he wasn't doing any squats at all. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, because he just wanted to focus on his deadlift. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, you just got to kind of find what um, where you can recover from. Yeah. Um, pretty much. Yeah. Do you find increasing your deadlift with that frequency helps maintain your squat from where it was? Um, I'd say, yeah, I, I, I would say um, your squat's probably not going to go down as much as you think because there's the um, irradiation effect. So, if you train one muscle, every muscle in your entire body is going to get a little bit stronger to some extent. And there's certain muscles that have more of an irradiation effect. So if you're strengthening your lower back, that's going to have the most carryover to every other body part in terms of strength. Um, so I'd actually, I, I think you'd, yeah, you'd be surprised how much you actually so your squat you maintain just from deadlifting. Because yeah. um, you know, there's, when there's that much load going through your body, you're not gonna, you know, your quads aren't gonna aren't gonna shrink. Mm. You know, all the muscles involved in the squat aren't gonna just disappear. Your technique will just be a little bit off. Yeah. And then probably once you reintroduce squats, you'll probably hit a PB a month later because it's now a fresh stimulus. So you'll break through a plateau. There you go. Yeah. What about the vice versa, like uh, increasing your squat? Do you think would deadlift stay the same, or would you expect that to drop? Yes. Yeah, so, so uh, I mean, yeah, you're always gonna balance sort of deadlifting and squatting. So yeah, if you really want to push your um squat you're probably not going to be deadlifting every day yeah but again dep- depends on the person like um uh, but basically um when i've got a you know, real beginner I'll, I'll kind of really push frequency and i'll actually try find where their limit is in terms of where they can recover and then we'll back off a little bit and then as they get stronger we'll slowly taper that back yeah over time and then it kind of gets to the point where um for really strong people, you use the, the high frequencies like a shock or a base. So like I did this big phase where I was deadlifting two, three, day, two, three days a week for months, and then I went down to once a week, and then my strength shot up. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <coughs> Whereas um, a more, like someone a bit smaller who's a beginner, they actually, if they, if, you, if they go from like four days a week, say bench pressing, and then back to once a week, they'll actually lose strength. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So I see that all the time, like um, guys at the gym will do that smaller bench program where they're benching four days a week and they'll hit 120 and then they'll go back to the normal program and then they'll drop back to 100. Yeah. Yeah. Because that they needed that... Um, because they must... Yeah, because their their um the muscle mass is so low they can't they needed that they can't maintain that strength without that neural stimulation. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. What else you got? Um, yeah, that was that was all the questions from Zach. Um, yeah, um, Tara. Oh, I, d- I have very gen poll. No, 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 that's right. Yeah, clients, we'll but it. they're yeah. all terrified of the bar. Oh, okay. So I just don't know yeah. what tips you might have to help them not be terrified. On what, on what exercises? Gen- everything. Everything, okay. <laughs> Bench yeah. especially, and I mean, we yeah. start with dumbbells. Yeah, okay. And we do have the 15 kilo bar. Yeah. Um, but just generally, they don't want to go near there. Yeah, right, okay. And um, squatting as well, they really... Yeah. Go. And we do goblet squats. And, yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. so the, the, this like intimidate, as in, so they don't, like when they walk it out, they don't want to go all the way down in a squat, yeah. for example. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, good. Good one with that. Um, I'd like set the pins up in the rack, and yes. they squat the pins yeah. and do like lots of reps. And every week you just put it down just one. Drop it down one. Yeah, yeah, and that way they're safe. They're, they're never going to get stuck. Even for a lot of people, the twenty kilos, even yeah. the fifteen on their back. Like it's a big, it's a big milestone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's normally how I'd, I'd do it. Yeah, just lower, lower it down over, over time. Yeah. Um, and what do you think about box? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's, that, that, that's yeah, another really good tool. Yeah. So, so there's something physical to kind of yeah. stop them, so they, they've got that reassurance at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that, actually, that, that's a really good question because it's a, they're a little bit different than my clientele, but yeah, that's... Um, yeah, they're that, all literally that, good. never yeah. walked in a gym, never, yeah, yeah, never yeah, touched yeah, that's, a bar that's, that's before. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd normally do that sort of progressive movement. So like, and you could, with that, you can start with really high reps, like maybe even like 20, 20 reps. Mm-hmm. And then every week you drop it down and you know take a few reps off. Yeah. And then um, by the time they, if you take you know it took like uh, you know eight, six eight weeks to get down to the bottom. By the time you get into the bottom, they're actually pretty strong. Yeah. 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 You can slowly add a little bit of weight on, and then mm. um, they're actually going to be doing pretty well. Mm. And I mean, I'm sure you do the same thing with the box, working away to you know put a few plates if they've got a plyo box or something. Yeah. Yeah. Drop yeah. them down. Yeah. yeah. But um, I, I think definitely high, high reps as well. Mm. Uh, like even even if they're not all the way down, just just getting used to the bar. Yeah. Like um, and, and that's where like, that's another thing where that high frequency can come in. If they're afraid of squats, you just do um, a little bit every session. Yeah, so okay. first thing, even if they're just not that even if they're going all the way down, just do like twenty you know quarter reps and every week trying to go a little bit lower. And that and eventually that'll just be their warm ups. They're not even thinking about it. Yeah. And then next thing they're starting to gain a bit of confidence with it and got so I think it's just getting um like yeah, not overextending, just um building success on success. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them have knee issues. Yeah. Like not injuries as yeah. such, but just dodgy and everything. They're like, oh, it's sore. And I don't know if it's really sore or if yeah. they're scared they're going to like hurt it more. Yeah. Any, um, so I always end up doing like glute bridges, yeah. like lying leg curl, because I don't want to be the one that busts their knee. Yeah. Um, Yes, so um, generally, like with gem pop, with knee stuff, often um, there's not anything really structurally that bad. It's just um, they just haven't 
they're not using their bodies enough, so everything's really tight. Mm. So their quads are tight, you know, hips are tight, glutes are tight, yeah, and, and their ankles are tight. So their daily movements, they're just loading the tendon, irritating, irritating their knees. Mm. Um, so they need to eventually get to the point where they're they're moving their knee joint through a full range. So. Um, yeah, I think they've got like the really deep sort of goblet squats and stuff are good, um, mm. and like some uh, split squats with your knee going over your toe, but like mm. doing it on a really high box, so they're yep. not overdoing it. Or even, um, you know, a good one, if their knees are really bad, you can get them to, you know, hold like a strap or um, so, and, and sit, so they can sit back. Yeah, I've done the yeah. band around the bum yep. to support them. Yeah, or, or something they can, I'm not sure if you can set up here, but something you can grab onto so you can, let, you know, really sit, so you're not, you know, minimizing the knee travel yeah, over the toe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, and basically just getting their glutes glutes working, so doing some good warm-up, warm-up, warm-up with the band around the knees, doing some, and doing some pauses, like going down with a goblet squat, holding, pushing the knees out, holding, and then coming back up. Okay. Because um, but basically they're, they're just... You know, glutes aren't being used, so everything's really knee dominant, which mm. is leading to. But um, it, once they get moving, it'll actually um, often really start feeling better quite yeah. quickly. Yeah, I have a couple yeah. that have yeah. are feeling so much better. Yeah. But getting them through that first, like convincing yeah. them they're not going to do more damage is. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think the high reps are good as well. Like, like I mean. You can you know get a get a banner on the knee, do box squats, you know, not maybe not even all the way down. There's lots of reps, getting the glutes working, and just get them used to feeling confident mm. um, in that range of motion. Yeah. Cool. Would you program or try differentiate between uh, high bar and low bar squats for certain people with knee issues? Um, yeah, that's actually a really good question. Um, so depends depends on the context. Like if they're a um, if they're a powerlifter and that you know they like need it as a sport or they need to get stronger and high bars irritating their knees, I might um, swap it. But in general, for knee health, I'd rather have someone do a high bar and just do it lighter and more like slow eccentrics, um, you know, like one to quarters, and just uh, just actually um, strengthen everything around the knee and just just make sure they're not working through pain. Because we, we actually want to create strong joints and we actually do want to load the knee joint just so long as we're not um, doing it through pain. Yeah. So I found work for me, like um, when you put me on high bar squats. Yeah. Having a knee issue since. Yeah, yeah. Like you yeah. for years I was doing like low yeah. bar. Yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah, because your quads are, quads are weak, so it's actually, um, that's why your knees, knees hurt. Yeah, yeah. Sense, yeah. Um, it's like, there's a really, really interesting, um, uh, have you guys seen any of knees over toes guys stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, th- that's a really interesting, so, so you, can act, you can actually, your knees actually have a huge capacity for strength if you're slow and careful with loading them. Have you seen it, Cash? No, I don't think so. No. Oh, okay, so, so basically, um, he's like a, a specialised in training athletes. He's got a um, guy, in, guy in the US and... Um, He's big on, um, I mean, there's a whole system around his progression, but he basically he wants to load the knee as much as possible. So they do lots of split squats with the knee really going over the toe. But they'll build up to like doing it in a front rack, like with their body weight. So, wow, yeah. yeah. And then they'll do um, uh, like a sissy squat, like, um, you know, uh, this one here. Yep. Those ones. But, and then they'll work down to the, the go, going to the ground. So they'll actually trying to strengthen, actively strengthen the knee in these dangerous positions. Yeah. Yeah, so really, really interesting because everyone in the fitness industry has just tried to avoid doing that forever. And he's like, no, that's actually um, the wrong approach. We want to 
uh, get strong in those positions. So yeah. really, really interesting stuff. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, anything else, any other questions you want to talk about on there? Um, I don't know, any questions about sort of strongman stuff or anything like that? Um, Not for me. No. I'm like the opposite of strongman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's pretty much it. I think that wraps yeah. it up. Okay, yeah, cool. Right. No well, thanks so much, Max. Yep. Um, Thank to our podcast. Thank you guys for listening. And Max, where can they find you? Um, yep, so uh, Instagram, Maximus of Call. Also got a YouTube channel called Maximum Human Potential. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, awesome. Yeah. Thanks, for, Thanks guys. for listening, guys. Thanks.